if you've ever been in sales, a person that has a lot of money doesn't say yes to a lot. They're very hard to you know nail down. And that's the person that you are going to be. You're not in sales anymore. You're a buyer. And if someone is pushing you to tell, I want this, I need this, I need this. No, I'm not going to give you that. I don't need to give you this. I want this or I'm not writing the check. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks. Hope you're enjoying all the previous episodes. And of course, if you haven't listened to any previous episodes, please do at least the first 10. That'll give you a really good basic understanding of our philosophy, buying assets that are highly cash flowing with none of your own money, thanks to asset-based lending and creative financing solutions. And of course, if you love this, I highly encourage that you uh, give us an honest and honorable review and uh, share this with as many humans as possible, because the more people we help, the more our mission of helping as many humans as possible achieve financial freedom by having other people's money work for you instead of you working for money and being a slave to something that you absolutely hate doing. I see too many people that just go throughout their lives and are too concerned over what the economy could be doing. There's always going to be a need for people to live somewhere, and the more assets that you own, you also get tax deductions, much better cash flow, less tax, and there's so many advantages to owning property. And of course, if you have none of your own money involved, the risk is close to zero. So really excited to help you and as many people as possible get the tools and the knowledge necessary in order to achieve financial independence. And of course, I'm joined today with Gabriel Araish from Montreal and Francesco Galluccio, originally from Italia, but is living in Toronto with him and his family. And we are going to talk today about leaving the store. On one of the last episodes, we brushed on leaving the store. I think it's an important topic. And the more we discuss this before recording this podcast, the more ideas we had. And I think it would be a very valid point of discussion. And I think if you look at buying real estate or the objective of negotiating to get the best possible price, most people just want to make an offer and hope it gets accepted, but that's not the best way of negotiating anything. The more time you take, the more money you make in this business in the negotiation process. So just to be clear on, so you guys understand what we're about to discuss, in negotiation, sometimes when we ask about a property and there's an agent that is puffing out their chest and before they give you any information on the things that you need, like what the gross income is or what the address is so we can figure out what the comparable sales are or what the rents would be in that area to see if the numbers actually check out. They don't want to give us anything until they give us, for example, they say, hey, I want a proof of funds. I want your ID. I want a stool sample, a sperm sample. I want, I want a list of all you know, the other assets that you've purchased in the past before I give you one piece of information. And many will actually just fold and start either giving that information or just hang up the phone and say, I don't have any of this stuff, so I guess this isn't for me. But that's really not the behavior that you should have, and we liken this to leaving the store. So, Gabriel, can you please explain what, what we mean by that? Absolutely. Well, I'd like to just kind of go back to what we've brushed on last time, just to give the example of a real-life example for people who leave a store typically. So, the example I want to use is you know, put yourself in the mindset that you want to buy a sweater. And so you go out to one store. Now, obviously, you can buy a sweater from many different stores, not just one store. And that's something that you want to keep in mind. But once you walk into the store, if 
if you walk in and before you even start looking at sweaters or and the salesperson comes running at you, say, oh, wait, 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 please give me a picture of your bank statement. And I want to see if you can afford to buy any of the sweaters over here. And I'd like to see some ID as well. And they start asking for, you know, seven, eight different things. You know, what's your reflex? And I hope you said leave the store because that's what you should be doing. You you shouldn't be, I mean, I, I don't think I would show anybody my bank account before even buying a sweater. And it's the same thing that applies into real estate. So leaving the store, why would you leave the store though? Because you have other options, correct? So you can go buy a sweater at store number two, store number three, store number four, and so on and so forth. You can even buy them online now. The same applies to real estate. And there's multiple ways or multiple reasons, I should say, that you would leave a store. And if we want to take the same example here in real estate, one of the common rebuttals that you know people get from brokers, real estate brokers and sellers is as soon as you have an, you know, not an interest in a property, as soon as you start asking questions about a property, the first thing they ask for is a proof of funds. They want to know if you can buy this property, if you have the funds or the capacity, the financial capacity to buy the property. Now, if you would leave the store, if a salesperson asked you for a bank statement picture to buy a sweater, why wouldn't you do the same thing when you're going to a real estate store? Because when you're inquiring about a property, whether it be through a broker or a seller for that one property, that's the equivalent of going into that store for that real estate property. There's a million properties out there for sale. That means there's a million stores for you to go shop at. So why is it that most people provide things like proof of funds and give you know sign all these documents and provide IDs and picture IDs and whatnot for real estate, but they don't do that when they go shopping for their regular you know items like sweaters and and hats and so on. I just want to add on that, Gabriel. Yes, when you do go into a store or you're, you're talking to a broker, I understand they're asking you these things. And I don't know what kind of store, uh, clothing store, ask you for your ID and sperm samples and all that. But whatever, that uh, where you shop is your business. But most brokers or sellers will try to pre-qualify someone. And that's why they're asking you know, for your income or your bank statement, or if you have any similar properties, because they don't want to waste their time. I can appreciate that. But at the same time, most wealthy people will not disclose all their their earnings and all that until they try on the shirt, see if it's a good fit. And then we can give them some of the information that they do need so they feel comfortable to make sure that you're a real buyer. And if they don't want to entertain that, if they don't say, no, you're not trying on the shirt. And I've seen this many times. They're like, no, we're not negotiating until we have something in writing from you. It's like, this is the first conversation we're having. Let's see if it's a good fit first. And then if so, happy to provide you whatever you need. And that's the, the approach you have to take is happy to, in a non-confrontational way, happy to provide you what you need. Let's see if this is a good fit. Let's see if it, if it makes me look good. Very, very good. It's also like a test because they don't want to waste their time. Just like Frank said. So if an agent says, listen, I need a proof of funds. I need this, I need that, I need this. And you push back in a way where, why am I going to give you this? I don't have any information that I need. I need to try on this sweater before I even want to see if I want to buy it. So if you need all these things, you're going to waste my time and I'm going to waste your time and I'm just going to go buy something else. And when the agent hears how upset you are, basically you're saying, I'm about to leave this store and I'm going to go take my money somewhere else. Then the agent will chase you and say, okay, I just want to make sure that you are a real buyer because that's how real buyers behave. So instead of just saying, yeah, 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 you know, I'll give you what I need, or you disappeared, never call them back. When an agent gets a call, or you know, Frank, you know, you talk about this. When an agent first lists a property, 
How many calls do you think they get? Uh, well, <laughs> we know a few agents, and every time they list a property on, you know, many of these websites or or the MLS, they literally kiss their wife goodbye, their kids goodbye. They're not going to see them for the next month. They literally receive hundreds of calls and emails a week, if not a day, and they're obviously trying to weed out all the tire kickers. And there's a lot of them there, and that's where you come out. Depending how you posture yourself, depending how you react to what they're asking, will pre-qualify you as a buyer. Like Marco said, you know, a real wealthy person is not going to take, not, not that it's shit, it's not going to take that from someone. Like, hey man, I came into your store looking to see if I want to buy this shirt or this house or this building. I want to see if it's a good fit first. Then when it is, then we can continue this conversation. And on the and- flip side, sorry, but if on the flip side, if you do what they ask you and then you send them a proof of funds because you actually have the funds to buy this in cash or whatnot, and you just keep doing everything they ask you for, what do you think is going to happen to the price of the property when you try and negotiate it down? If every time they say something, you say yes, you're going to probably buy this property wrong, which it is the foundation of real estate is to buy the property right. You're not asserting your financial dominance and you're basically going to keel over on anything that they ask. And as soon as and if you've never said no, they know that they can ask for anything. And your negotiation position, yeah, your negotiation position completely goes out the window. And the fact that you're a real buyer might actually not they might not believe that you can actually close because real money says no a lot. If you've ever been in sales, the person that has a lot of money doesn't say yes to a lot. They're very hard to, you know, nail down. And that's the person that you are going to be. You're not in sales anymore. You're a buyer. And if someone is pushing you to tell, I want this, I need this, I need this. No, I'm not going to give you that. I don't need to give you this. I want this or I'm not writing the check. And remember, you we're using other people's money. You have access to money, which is much more important and more valuable than having money. If you have $10 million, that's going to go away real quick. If you have access to millions and millions of dollars on a monthly basis, which you do, we all take from the same pool. And there's tons of money out there for deals. There's never a shortage of deals. In fact, there's more money than there is deals. And if you don't behave the right way, if you don't leave the store for number one reason is, you know, for example, in Gabriel's example, you know, I need, I need this, I need this, I need this. Nope, not going to give it to you. See you later. What's another reason why someone would leave the store? You know what? I also find that a big mistake a lot of people do is when you go into the store and they're trying to sell you that shirt or that property, in this case, real estate. And a lot of wealthy people, even now with my experience here, are very skeptical and you get spooked very easily. And you should be because you're, you know, just because you have money doesn't mean you're going to be foolish about it. So when they're asking or when they're communicating, you know, about the shirt, they're telling all the features or whatever, then you have questions and they're not answering the questions clearly. So you can make a decisive decision or an educated decision. That's another time to leave the store, but you got to, before you leave, you got to tell them why you're leaving. You can't just say, you know, I'm out of here. That's it. No, no. Don't be like the old Italian. No, no. That just leaves. You got to tell them, no, I don't, I don't pay that. or I don't do that. You got to tell them why. So they understand. So they can come after you and say, okay, no, no, Francesco, come back in, come back in. Let's do this. This is, this is what you need to know. This is what we'll give you. So you got to come from the posture that yes, wealthy people are skeptical and you should be and trust, but verify. We mentioned this a few times. Can you give me an example of that, Frank? I love your Italian example, but I want to tie it into something that would be more concrete. If I'm no idea what you just talked about, what would be an example of the reason why you're leaving this door? So for instance, if they don't disclose the proper current income, they just give you the pro forma. They say it can make you know $7,000 each month. It's like, what does it make now? 
It's like, yeah, well, right now, you know, we're transitioning this and that. So they don't give you the answers on the current gross, or they don't give you the answers on the current collection. Like we're in a different economic times where, you know, the rent roll may say one thing, but the collections may say another thing. So you want that, those type of answers. And if you don't get them, then you start getting a little bit spooked and, and skeptical or in terms of, you know, how long have the tenants been there or who manages it? Just questions like that, uh, you know, in terms of the day-to-day operations. So if you don't get the answer where you feel that, you know, that fuzzy feeling inside your tummy, yeah, you're going to put your guard up. And that's when you have to kind of take a step back or even leave the store, but tell them why. Say, listen, until I get the current gross, who pays the utilities or who this and that, whatever, until I get the details I need to make an informed decision, I'm not your buyer here. Very good. Gabriel, anything to add to that? No, that was perfect. He covered it all. (laughs) But I mean, the bottom line is, is, but, but I just want to reinforce that it is important to tell the, the broker or the seller why you're leaving the store because that's what's going to plant the seed for your follow-up. And we said that fortune isn't always in the follow-up. So once Frank left the store, what he would typically do is wait 30 days or so and then just send back a casual email that says, has this sold? And when they say no, then that opens the door to asking things like, well, why not? What's wrong with it? Or or start a new conversation and say, well, are you ready to provide me with the answers to the questions that I asked you last time? And cool. here's the questions again. And then if they say no again, and they just want a proof of funds, for example, or they just want to talk about something else, well, listen, you know, my time is valuable. So uh, when you're ready to answer my questions, let me know. And, you know, we might still be interested, for example, or our checkbook is open, for example, or whatever it is, you're just leaving always a trace of why you're, you're leaving the store. So as you follow up, They'll know exactly what you what what they've done that has made you leave the store, and then they'll try not to repeat that if they're tired of you leaving the store. But we keep coming back where we we you know we fly like a butterfly, sting like a bee. We're always coming back every thirty days because the fortune is in the follow up. Just because they are not interested in giving us what we need right now. Hey, when you give us the actual gross, or when you reduce your price, or when you you know whatever X Y Z is, and usually it's you know when you reduce your price, then I'll come back in your store. If you go anywhere in the world, you go to a market and you know you talk about price you don't like, you leave. If the person really needs your money, they're going to chase you. And whenever we leave the store, we're not just leaving and disappearing. They all, we leave a card basically saying, when you're ready, you get back to us. So you have to get back to us. And every 30 days, we're going to go back into the store and say, is this still available? Yes, Okay, we're, are, you know, are you ready to either lower your price, give us what we need, whatever, or a series of things so we can write a check for this right now today? And by leaving the store and coming back in and knowing how they can get hold of you as well, because it's not just leaving and disappearing, it's leaving a, a trail of breadcrumbs so they know exactly how to get hold of you if and when their time of need changes. Because just if someone needs to sell something or wants to sell something, I should say, when they first list it, and then something happens during a three, four, five month period of time. And every 30 days, we've been going back in the store, leaving the store, coming back in the store. And we're the only ones that have been consistently following up. Hey, we have money. We're ready to go. Lower your price. Not interested? All right, get back to us. Hey, we're, you know, last month we came in. Are you still selling it at this price? We're not going to buy it at this price. And I'm clear, we're not going to buy it at this price. When you lower your price, it's very clear, you get back to us or we'll see you in a month. And we just keep doing that. And at one point, by the way, how do you make diamonds? Heat, time, and pressure. And you take coal, heat, time, and pressure, and boom, you get diamonds. Same thing. So heat, 
They're getting a little bit more stressed. Time has gone by, months have gone by, and now they're under more financial pressure. If I don't get this amount of money to do the next thing, I'm screwed. By coming back over and over again, we're, we're patiently waiting for the deal to be correct and to be ripe. And the only way to do that is to enter and leave the store. And as you're doing this, there's a point where if, it's, if you're just you know, going back and forth with the seller on numbers, there's a point where eventually the seller will say, that's it. I'm not coming down lower than this number. And you're not going to come up from your number. So at that point, you can leave the store and you can follow up all you want, but it's been made clear by the seller that they're not going to come down one cent under that last number. And that's what we call the impasse. And from there, a whole heap of magic can start happening. That's, that's one of the secret sauces is the impasse. And we'll have another, most likely we can talk about the impasse for 10 years. I actually do classes every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday to my people on the impasse and the compression uh, impasse and impasse solution. So impasse is really the magic, I'd say the secret sauce, the magic bean, whatever you want to call it. That whole, I have to have this number according to the shopkeeper, but we're at a number that's a lot less than that. We've both said no. We're going to touch that a little bit later. But when you have a disagreement, it opens up a whole world of opportunity, which I know you might be scratching your head on, but you can't get to that magic thing, that magic moment, until you've left the store multiple times and followed up multiple times. And uh, I think we'll leave it at that and tune into the next episode where you will understand why the impasse is so important, how you can get creative financing through the impasse, how you can get properties absolutely no money down through the impasse, how you can really create some amazing opportunities. And I've said this before, is deals are created, they're not found. And any property that's on the market or not on the market where someone has a desire to sell, they have an actual bottom line that they need to sell at, not want to sell at, need to sell at. And once you understand what they really need, you can really create some amazing opportunities by creating that impasse by leaving the store multiple times. So thank you, gentlemen, uh, for, uh, for today. I think we hopefully made this very clear. Leaving the store is extremely important, which leads us to the impasse. And again, once you master these techniques and these processes and the philosophy behind it and the mindset, which is extremely important, because we can give you all the tools you want, but if you don't have the mindset to actually do this, nothing's going to happen. Nothing has ever been done by doing nothing other than getting in a worse position than you already are. So I hope this was very helpful. Again, if you love this, uh, leave a review, an honorable one. Share it with your friends and family and anyone that you know on your social media. We appreciate that. And tune into the next episode where we're really going to get into the meat of the impasse. And I think you're really going to understand what we mean by the magic of the impasse. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Appreciate you both very much. And of course, you, the listener, we'll see you next time. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.